morning to all our family back at home. So glad that you're here. If you will turn with me to James chapter 3, as we continue on through James. James chapter 3, we're looking at verses 9 through 12 this morning. And today is true faith controls the tongue. If you notice, I said true faith controls the tongue, not Pastor Randy controls his own tongue, because that doesn't happen very successfully. Uh, but true faith controls the tongue, James 3, 9 through 12. Let's start off with reading uh, that passage. With it we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not be so. Does a spring for, pour forth from the same opening both fresh and salt water? Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives, or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. So we have this dilemma. We have this dilemma of our tongue, uh, who has the capability to praise God, but then also curse others uh, around us. So a little confession time, and I still blow it. Please know I blow this all the time. But in high school, it was blatantly a whole different language set that I had at school than I did at church. It was like a switch. You know, it, like a mom and dad radar. If I knew mom and dad were anywhere near, like, flip the switch so I don't get in trouble. Because you remember what happened last week when I told you if I said something wrong. Soap in the mouth. So... My faith wasn't strong. I was very much, you know, know the right answers at church. Jesus, you know, got all the Sunday school answers down, knew how to sing, knew all the parts for the hymns. Like, I had the church stuff down. But at school, I probably, even, even in that time, definitely years later because that was a long time ago, but if you were to ask anyone that I hung out with at school, except those from youth group that were at my same school, if they were to, if you were to ask them, is Randy Stacks a Christian? They probably would say no. It was that obvious. And so we have this power with our tongue to flip a switch. You know, right, use the right filter at church, use the right filter at home, use the right filter at work, at school, wherever we are, wherever we are. But that's causes a very inconsistent lifestyle and, 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 and inconsistent, inconsistent faith. So today I want to look at blessing God, how we have the privilege and honor to bless God, and then what it looks like cursing others, cursing people, this inconsistency and hypocrisy that is our tongue, and then where that source comes from. Like, where, where is all this really coming out of our mouth from? So blessing our Lord and Father, this is the greatest and most important thing that our tongue can do, is bless God. Give him all the praise, honor, and glory to speak the things of Jesus, to talk about the Holy Spirit, to end song. We just had an amazing time of worship, adoring and praising our Savior, Jesus Christ, uh, and, and allowing the Holy Spirit to move like we got to participate in worshiping God. That's an amazing blessing and honor that we have. We get to talk about Jesus. We get to proclaim him as we witness to others, as we share our faith in different scenarios, as we talk of things of God instead of things of the world in negative ways at home and at work, wherever we are, we have this honor. Turn with me to Psalm 34, verses 1 through 3. 
Psalm 34, 1, 2, and 3. We're going to take a look at what this looks like to proclaim the things of God. Psalm 34, 1 through 3 says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. All times, every moment, continually in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. O magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Continually be in my mouth. I'm not anywhere near that. Not at all. So we have this dilemma. Uh, We have the opportunity, the privilege of worshiping and honoring God to praise and sing at the top of our lungs. You guys are phenomenal, by the way. I love our choir. Troy does an amazing job, but you guys, yeah, it's those are sweet mornings when we are singing at the top of our lungs the praises and worship and and our adoring uh, to God. And think about this. We are God's ambassadors. As we leave this place, we represent Christ in all that we do wherever we go. And that includes our speech. And that includes how we treat others and talk to others. And so blessing God is an amazing thing. And we do it great when we do it. But then there's this other part of our tongue. Uh, that turns around and curses the people who are made in the likeness of God. And cursing is is to doom, to place doom on someone, to speak or invoke evil upon someone or something. This isn't a fly-by cuss word that happens. No, you are cursing them, like invoking evil into their lives. That's the cursing that James is talking about. And when we are not adoring and encouraging our salvation in our relationship with God in our relationships, it's the opposite, polar opposite is cursing others and, and degrading them and breaking them down with our words and destroying their lives. And James is cautioning us on having this two-sided tongue that we can worship God, we can pray, bless God, and then we can turn and curse others. Jesus even says it a little stronger than James. Turn with me to Matthew 5, verses 21 and 22. Matthew 5, 21 and 22 says this. You have heard it. You have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not murder and whoever murders will be liable to judgment. All right, murdering's bad, right? You don't want to be caught murder. Well, you shouldn't murder anyone let alone get caught murdering someone. But murdering's bad, right? Like the worst thing that you could probably do. But he goes on. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council. Whoever says you fool will be liable to the hell of fire. Like, Jesus is serious about this. Don't, don't condemn others. Don't persecute them and don't sit there and curse other people because your words will be held against you at the day of judgment. And so this is some serious stuff. We've got a problem uh, because it becomes natural sometimes for, for us. And James is saying we can't praise the creator and then curse his prized creation. Are we not the most precious of God's creation? When you are cursing others and throwing this, invoking evil on other people, you are basically 
slamming this in the face of God. Um, if God created us and we are in his image, in his likeness, that is an offense to God, let alone the people that we're talking to. In Genesis 1.27, let me read this to you. It says, so God created man in his own image. He created him in the image of God. He created them male and female. God created us in his image, in his likeness. Now, by the way, that means that the human being in the womb has value. That means that those who have severe disabilities have value. That's why we care about those who are hungry and homeless. They have value. Anyone and everyone is created in the image of God. That's why we care for every human being, regardless of gender, race, economic status, age. Every human being has significance to God. And any slam, any curse against any human being is a slam against God and is a curse to others. And James is saying, how, how do we dare speak evil and then try to bless God with the same mouth? And it doesn't make sense, really, if we love God and that means loving others. That's as silly as loving NASCAR but not liking cars, right? Why would you watch NASCAR if you don't like cars? It's like loving math but not liking the numbers. Carol, do you like the numbers? Because I know you love math. Right? It is like being married and not liking commitment. Please don't ever enter, enter into a marriage commitment if you're not ready to be committed to that person. It's like saying that you love to pastor, but you don't like people. I've had friends, and I talk multiple times about, man, our job would be so much easier without the people involved, right? <laughs> So it doesn't make sense. James is like, it doesn't make sense that if you love God, you have a faith in Jesus Christ as your Savior, then you have to love others. It, it goes hand in hand. And cursing others and, and being offensive to God in his creation is a problem. So loving God means loving others, the two greatest commandments. So we have this situation. We have this inconsistency in our life, this hypocrisy. Um, hypocrisy is a behavior that contradicts what one claims to believe. If we claim that we have Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, our words should be different. The way that we speak should be different. And we say praise the Lord in one breath. The next breath we say evil things about people. Hey, that is like we're sitting in church singing praises and having an amazing time and being encouraging to one another. And then as soon as you get out the door, you're like, oh. I can't believe so-and-so is here. Such a hypocrite, right? Well, wait, that makes you a hypocrite because, yeah, you get the picture, right? We've got to be cautious of how we're speaking to one another. James says this, these things ought not to be so. They can't be. They, it doesn't make sense to be. Now, it is because we are still dealing with the struggle of sin in our life and this holiness of God and our relationship with Jesus. And aren't you glad that we have filters, that we sometimes can stop and think and not make fools out of ourselves? Okay, James says in James 1.8, double-minded, we shall be unstable in all our ways. Our goal is to be single-minded, the things of God, keeping our eyes focused on Christ. But could you imagine the opposite? Could you imagine if we didn't have filters 
and exactly what you went from your brain just spewed out of your mouth, okay? I meet someone new for the first time and, hey, nice to meet you, where really all of a sudden something comes out like, I don't care if I meet you or not, okay? Or you're telling me this story and I'm listening with all my being, you know, and, and, then, and, and I'm like, yes, that's interesting. Oh, that's so good for you. And then all of a sudden without the filter, it's like, who cares? Like, I'm gonna go get lunch. So I'm glad we have filters, but there is a, there is a battle between what we think and what's from our heart and at what comes out of our mouth. And there's this battle. And Paul put it perfectly with this struggle going on. Romans 7, turn with me over to Romans chapter 7, verses 15 and 20. And this is, the, we are familiar with this passage because we all absolutely are there. Romans 7, verses 15 through 20. And this is Paul and me and all of us. For I do not understand my own actions, for I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. Now, if I do what I do not want, I agree with the law that it is good. So now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells it within me. For I know that nothing good dwells in me, that is, in my flesh. For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. Now if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. Amen. We've got this battle. We've got this sin that we've got to deal with. And it's not easy. And it's understanding that where the source is. So James brings this up in verses 11 and 12, talking about can one spring produce salt and fresh water or no? It depends on the source of where the water comes from. Can a fig tree produce olives? No. Can grapevines produce figs? No. It depends on the roots. Now, I know, I know someone that had an apple tree that produced five different variations of apples. Okay, grafting and all this cool science stuff that, that works. I get that, but it wasn't producing peaches and oranges and avocado, whatever. You know, the, it was still an apple. It doesn't make sense. It's impossible for us to have two different sources. There's got to be one source. And in our case, it's either Christ Jesus as our Lord and Savior or our own will and the, the will of Satan taking over our life. And so here's the source, the heart. And I don't know about you, but multiple conversations, okay, arguments with Carrie. You know, I sit there catching myself, oh, I don't know where that came from. So sorry, I didn't, you know, it wasn't even in my mind. Well, yeah, it was in my mind and in my heart, right? What comes from our heart and our mind comes out of our mouth. James is saying that which is in our heart produces what comes out of us. Turn with me now to Matthew 12, verses 33 to 37. Matthew 12, 33 to 37. And this is talking about fruit. You know, we talked about these plants. If you're planting an orange tree, you're going to get oranges. Um, you're not going to get some other fruit. So Matthew 12, 33 through 37. It says, either make a tree good and its fruit good, or make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For the tree is known by its fruit. You brood of vipers, 
By the way, I got in trouble because I said broad first service. Not that I associate women with vipers. I'm just saying. Okay, sorry. Um, you brood of vipers, how can you speak good when you are evil? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The good person out of his good treasure, treasure brings forth good, and the evil person out of his evil treasure brings forth evil. I tell you on the day of judgment, people will give account of every careless word they speak, and for by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned." So we've got Jesus again saying, you're going to be judged by your words. And we talked, we used um, Romans 10, 9, and 10 last week about confessing with your mouth. We enter into a relationship starting with the confession of our mouth that comes from our heart that we believe Jesus Christ is Lord. And on the flip side, we can use it to condemn others and to curse others. And that is going to be counted against us on the day of judgment. So... We've got, we've got to deal with our tongue and the source of where that comes from. And we must understand that the consistency in either direction of blessing or cursing has to do with our spiritual temperature. And, and a gauge of that can be our tongue, the way that we are speaking. And where are we on this faith growth process that we are a brand new Christian and things are just starting to, to be transformed in our life or have we been a Christian for most of our life and a, a, a saint of the church, if you will, that has devoted their lives to the will of God in their life and their speech is a little different. And this kind of helps give us a guide of where we are on that, that we've got to be consistent with the teachings of God to present and encourage and glorify God with our words and not go with our own thinking and our own hearts as we deal with other people and, and speaking negative and speaking down and cursing them, not only in our heart, but also the way that we speak. And so I have a challenge for you before we kind of get to the end. And I'm, I'm afraid to tell you this because that means I have to be committed to this also. It's a 24-hour challenge, okay? 24 hours. I'm not asking for a week, month, 24 hours of only speaking the things of God and encouraging words, okay? And, and this includes being a, being a good filter, not pulling out of the parking lot, complaining about, you know, everyone can't decide on what lunch is or where's my lunch, whatever. So 24 hours, no profanity or vulgar speech, okay? No complaining or arguing, no gossip, no lying, no tearing down people, neither profanity. Let me give you a couple of, of helpy, helpful words if you have a prof, profanity problem, okay? This comes from Charles Schultz, the Peanuts cartoonist, right? He said this, I have a strong dislike for vulgar phrases and find that terms like good grief and rats will cover virtually anything that happens. So I allow you to say good grief and rats if something happens, okay? No other words. So now you're sitting there thinking, going, oh, I could do this. Yeah, if you're in a room all by yourself without talking to anyone, right? But think through those things. If it's hard and you're like, I, there's no way I can do that, then there is a problem. We, we have consistently 
to be aware of the Holy Spirit working in our heart and our mind for us to speak the things of God, the love of God, the mercy, the grace to others more consistently than the other of cursing. And I know that it's almost impossible, but God in his power and in his strength, we can overcome the tongue. And it is because of Christ in us. It is because of Jesus Christ, our Lord, who reigns supreme in our life. And what a beautiful picture. Back to Psalm 34 that I, that I read at the beginning of the sermon. Said, his praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Our boasting is in the Lord. Our boasting is in our salvation. Our boasting is the work of Jesus Christ in our life. The power of the Holy Spirit. God the Father who has given us his power and his strength to make it through in, on this faith process, and that affects our speech and our tongue. Turn with me for our last passage to Galatians 2.20. Galatians 2.20, and it says this, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. It is through Christ. It is through our old selves dying with Christ and that we are raised again in newness of life, that we have this new life in Christ Jesus, that we are buried in our sin and our old self as Christ died and was buried and then rose again because he conquered sin and death. We have that power within us, not only with our tongue, but everything that we've talked about on this faith process, growth process, this faith journey, is it's not, we're not on our own. Because we're going to stumble. We talked about that a couple of weeks. We're going to fall flat on our face probably every hour of the rest of our life. But we have Christ Jesus, our Lord, who is at work in our heart, who reigns supreme, that we can accomplish this. We can speak amazing, encouraging words and hope and mercy and grace and love to those who desperately need a word from God that we are ambassadors of, that we get the honor and privilege to share and witness with those around us. That's an amazing thing that God's given us. So don't get worn down and, and think, there's no way I can speak that well for 24 hours. That's okay. But pursue God. Seek after the things of God. Look for Christ Jesus at work in our life and know that through him, we are going to be an amazing witness and an amazing tool and instrument that God uses for his glory in all the things that we do and say. Please close with me in prayer. We're going to have a time of invitation in a moment and then go into our Lord's Supper. Father, I thank you for this morning and the opportunity that we have to understand, yeah, we've got a problem. We've got a problem with our speech, the way that we talk to others. Father, I pray for our hearts. I pray for our heart and our mind uh, that we remember that we want Christ Jesus to be on the throne and in charge of our life. Father, I pray that you continue to mold us and make us to look more like him. And Father, it's, it's a struggle and it, the struggle is real, but I pray that your Holy Spirit help to guide us and can control our tongue and to give us the power. Uh, to make it through even this next day. 
encouraging others, and glorifying you with our speech and with our tongue. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.